that car that he was driving with great uh, pride sometimes Allah Ta'ala protect us that too now will be in somebody else's hands and that safe which nobody had access to that too will now be all opened out nothing will come with him it will all be in somebody else's hands so that is how valuable this material values are that sooner or later it will part from a person but the internal values these will benefit a person not only in dunya but the benefit of it will continue provided it was done in the correct way the benefit will continue for him in the akhirat as well among these values all the values of iman are extremely important extremely necessary among these values is the value of adab respect this is an essential thing that should be in the life of every person every mu'min and to the extent that he has adab this will pave the way for his progress in dunya also and especially his progress towards getting closer to allah taala and to the extent that a person is devoid of adab and respect to that extent he will block his progress in deen and he will even encounter great problems in dunya also adab is not just something that's an optional matter like some things are of a fundamental nature something of an optional nature so the person feels well this is optional it's like nafil salah if a person performed it he'll get very get a lot of benefit out of it great reward great benefit but if he didn't perform it he won't be taken to task for it so he's deprived himself but he won't be taken to task for it adab is not on a nafil level that if a person has adab very good mashallah excellent and if he is devoid of adab then is no big deal no it's a very big deal so this adab is something that we have been emphasized upon in the quran sharif we have been taught adab in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we have been taught adab and this adab is what brings about that peace in a community among people of one household among the extended family it keeps a system in place that those who are younger they understand and respect the authority of those who are senior otherwise there's chaos everybody is senior the youngest person is the senior also and the senior person also got no there's no recognition of his seniority and everyone and anyone is all chaos so in the quran sharif allah taala in one ayat of the quran sharif highlights this aspect of adab in surah al-hujurat Allah Taala addresses the Sahaba Ikram primarily, and the whole Ummat thereafter are also included in this. But they were the first recipients of this. That Ya Yuhal Ladina Amanu La Tuqaddimu Bayna Yadi Allahi Wa Rasulihi Wa Taqulah. Inna Allaha Sami'un Ali. Allah Taala addresses the believers. Oh, you who believe, you don't be forward. Don't jump the gun. you wait the instruction of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam don't do something before allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam have commanded you so the sahaba are being advised are being taught and adab that when you are in the company of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so you don't start saying something before he gives you the indication that you may go ahead and say it if there's some matter to be discussed and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has not yet asked you for your view in it or what your suggestion is They don't jump the gun and give it beforehand now there was some incident that took place 
and two sahaba started already saying something before Nabi Sallallahu so this, the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed to train them and the Quran Sharif made their tarbiyat this is a very special aspect of the sahaba ikram the Quran Sharif made their tarbiyat and one time was what was required they were taught something one time and that became part and parcel of them Allah Ta'ala says لا تقدموا بين يدي الله ورسوله واتقوا الله don't jump the gun, you wait your turn now this was in relation to the command of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam obviously the rank that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had was the highest rank ever in terms of the entire makhluk of Allah Ta'ala but likewise the same etiquette with the varying ranks, the same etiquette applies to all seniors. That a person should respect that seniority. And we get this clearly from the ahadith of Rasulullah how in all different spheres of life, Nabi Wasallam taught us to maintain that respect of seniority. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, لَيْسَ min ummati." That person is not part of my ummah. Now this is an expression to show one's dislike for what is taking place. If a person gets involved in this, this is something highly disliked. It's not that it cut a person off in reality from the ummah, but it is like a father saying, he's not my son. He'll still be his son. But he's showing his displeasure showing how deeply upset he is that he's brought him to this point to now outwardly make a show of disowning the son whereas in reality that's not what he's doing so likewise this is a very strong expression laysam in ummati that person is not part of my ummat who mallam yujilla kabirana the one who does not respect our elders, our seniors wayarham sagirana and does not show compassion and mercy on the youngest, young ones. And he does not acknowledge and understand the position and the status of the scholars and the ulama. He doesn't recognize and acknowledge their haqq and right. Nabi Islam says, Laysa min ummati, they're not part of my ummah. And this is a lesson that Nabi Islam practically taught. One is this lesson in terms of this encouragement or highlighting the importance of this adab but then he made the sahaba practically implement this as well on one occasion Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala Nabi Islam saw him walking in front of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala when he saw him walking in this manner he immediately cautioned him that are you walking in front of somebody who is better than you, who is more greater than you, more senior to you? And then Nabi Salaam says that Inna Aba Bakrin Khairum Mimman Talaat Alehi Shams O Gharabat. Abu Bakr is the best person upon whom the sun has ever risen or set. Meaning obviously after the Ambiya Ali Musalam, because their rank is well known, that is something which was clearly understood that the Anbiya Ali Musalaam have the greatest rank but after the Anbiya Ali Musalaam the greatest rank was that of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala so Nabi Islam is cautioning Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala don't walk in front of him 
you walk a step behind. So that you are maintaining the seniority. You are respecting his seniority. This is what keeps that system in place. Otherwise, the system breaks down. Once Nabi Wasallam, two Sahaba came to him to explain some incident. Something happened and two Sahaba came to explain it. Both were brothers, Muhayyisa and Huwayyisa radiallahu ta'ala. So the younger brother started already saying something. He already started expressing what the issue was. Nabi Wasallam says, Kabbir, Kabbir, let the bigger, the elder brother speak first. Now they are brothers, but somebody is elder, somebody is younger, so that seniority should be maintained. It's not that everybody is equal in terms of who should be first and who should be last. No, there's a procedure and that seniority should be maintained. Now this is in one household, there will be two brothers in one household. But if there is this adab between them also, then why will the adab not be there between parents and children? Why will the, children, the child be disrespectful to the parent when he's even conscious about respecting his elder brother? But now when the adab starts degenerating, deteriorating, then first it will go at one level, then it will go at another level, then eventually parents and children also that adab will drop. That child will talk to his father like he's talking to his friend. And let alone talk to his friend, he will talk to his father how he doesn't talk to his friend also. In that kind of harsh tone, in that kind of rude manner, which he doesn't even use on his friend, he'll use with his father. Because that other started dropping. And as the other gets more and more lower, then there's no vacuum, something else will take its place. The disrespect and the abrupt manner, and the rude behavior and all the other things, negative way of conducting oneself will all come into his place. Because other is gone. So in this hadith also the same message the Nabi Islam is giving. That the elder must be respected. As Abu Huraira who he sees two people standing next to each other. He asks one person, who is this to you? He says, my father. He says, your father? Don't ever call him by his name. You call him by a title of respect. Calling him by his name is disrespectful. Don't walk ahead of him. You walk behind. He's your father. Don't take a seat before him. You wait for him to take a seat first. Now outwardly these seem to be small things, but these small things are all big things. Because all these small things together make it very big. A person who takes care of these, what we think are small things, so where is he going to talk rudely and abruptly to his father, to his mother? He will be maintaining what the Quran Sharif has commanded, When he is conscious and careful, he must even walk one step ahead of his father. He should be walking behind. He shouldn't be taking a seat before him. Where will he be talking abruptly and rudely? He'll be talking the way the Quran Sharif has commanded. Don't even say oof to them. An expression of irritation. Don't even express irritation. Don't rebuke them. Speak to them in kind words. Make dua for them. So now he's taking care of all these aspects of other. Definitely this will be there. So in all these aspects, the other is being taught. 
that a person to maintain that adab, that respect. Then further, the next ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi wa la tajharu lahu bilqawl kajahri ba'dikum li ba'din an tahbata a'malukum wa antum la tashuru Oh, you believe, don't raise your voice above the voice of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This was the etiquette that the Sahaba were taught, that in the presence of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you don't raise your voice above his voice. And then don't call out to him like you call out to one another. Like a person calling out to his friend, his friend is a bit of a small, a little distance away, he'll shout out to him sometimes too, to attract his attention. This is not the way that you will address Rasulullah Now this was an etiquette in the time, in the lifetime of Rasulullah After he is making parda from this world, leaving this world and moving on to the akhirat, the same etiquette applies in the presence of the Rosa Mubarak. That a person is not to raise his voice. A person is not to conduct himself in a disrespectful manner in that Mubarak place. This is also an aspect of adab. But thereafter Allah Ta'ala says that if you do not heed this, what can be the consequences? Now this is a matter of disrespect. It's a matter of compromising on adab if this is done. But what is the end result of it? End result Allah Ta'ala says it might nullify all your a'mal. And you won't even know what happened. You won't even realize it. Now this is obviously in relation to Rasulullah the slightest disrespect also is a very severe matter. So nobody can be on that rank. But at every level to respect those who are due that respect is necessary. And showing disrespect is very harmful. While it won't be that we'll say somebody was disrespected, the Iman can be now jeopardized immediately. But the ulama explained that this has a very detrimental effect in a way it could lead up someday to that end result. What happens, how it happens? Sometimes that disrespect and that adab starts creating a blockage in a person's deen. That tawfiq starts getting taken away. So now he was doing, mashallah, a lot of good. He was performing his salah regularly let alone his first salah with jama'ah and takbir ula he was making even nawafil as well he was making up for tahajjud he was making a lot of tilawat now suddenly that adab went that started creating a blockage that tahajjud went now he's just thinking well maybe I was feeling lazy or something else or some, something has overcome me now that's why the tahajjud is gone but that tahajjud went as a result of that adab bringing a blockage and then sometimes the sunnats are going then the salah with jama'ah is gone and sometimes the salah Allah forbid is becoming qazad, that too is not making any effect on the person that what happened? How did this ever happen? How did I allow that salah neglected in such a way that it became qaza also? And it's not even troubling me. That is now a very dangerous and serious level. And Allah forbid one thing could lead to another, al-ma'asi baridul kufr, that those sins finally become such a situation, those sins trigger something that creates or puts a person in a situation that he blurts something of kufr, does something of kufr, but it started off as a result of that lack of adab which created that blockage. And one thing led to another. If he made toba, he came back to his senses, he remedied, made amends. 
when he sought forgiveness of whatever, whoever he disrespected, he made Toba istikhar, then that blockage clears out. Allah forbid sometimes that blockage keeps getting worse and he doesn't even know what's going on. Like that person is suffering a blockage, some blocked artery. It starts off very slowly. He doesn't know what's going on. He's taking it for granted. Nobody's healthier than me. And then suddenly when that artery is all clogged up and blocked up, and now he suffers that heart attack, now he realizes that this started off long ago. It didn't start off yesterday. So likewise, this sometimes creates a blockage in deen. Abdullah bin Mubarak, very great personality, great muhaddith. Open Bukhari Sharif, other books of Hadith Sharif, you'll find his name every, almost on every page, or every year and there, so many riwayat and ahadith of his are recorded in all these books of Hadith. And this is his statement. Person of that caliber, who is held in high esteem by all the muhaddithin, whether it's Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, any muhaddith, holds Abdullah bin Mubarak in very high esteem. And his statement, مَنْ تَحَاوَنَ بِالْآدَابِ بِالْأَدَبِ اُقِبَ بِحِرْمَانِ السُنَّةِ The person who regards something of adab as light, trivial, he doesn't take it too serious. Now this is whether it's in terms of respect or etiquette, well, one of those things, not too great, too serious to make an issue about. The end result of this is اُقِبَ بِحِرْمَانِ السُنَّةِ He'll get deprived of making amal on the sunnah. وَمَنْ تَحَاوَنَ بِالسُنَّةِ عُقِبَ بِحِرْمَانِ الْمَعْرِفَةِ And the person who takes a sunnah lightly, he will be deprived of ma'rifat. And some say ma'rifat could even refer to iman. That Allah forbid this becomes a stepping stone to one day fall in that. That a person loses iman. Because when he took that sunnah lightly, Allah forbid one day he might start trivializing that sunnah. One is he didn't make amal on it, and didn't think it too serious. Allah forbid someday he might blurt something that will trivialize the sunnah. It might jeopardize his iman completely. So the aspect of adab, very, very important and very fundamental aspect that should be in the life of every person. Adab of everything that is necessary to have adab for. The aspects of deen, the adab for the Quran Sharif, the adab for the day of Jumu'ah. This too requires adab. It's a, among the sha'ir of Islam, the symbols of deen, the adab for the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan comes and goes besides, Alhamdulillah, the fasting carries on. But how many times that month is just like any other month? In terms of how we conduct ourselves, the same languages are carrying on, the same neglect, the same sins a person is involved in. Alhamdulillah, is fasting, mashallah. But even that respect on a level of, that sin is a sin, should never happen at any time. But even that respect that was previously there for the day of Jumu'ah, person involved in many things sometimes, the day of Jumu'ah comes, you see, it's Friday. The month of Ramadan comes, you stop. Whereas that sin should stop at any time. But there was still that azmad, that respect for these Mubarak occasions. Now that respect is gone. The Quran Sharif was always carried on the chest. Now it's gone in the back in the haversack. These are very serious matters. And Allah forbid this disrespect then draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala upon us. So, this adab, this respect in all aspects of life, whether it is in terms of our ibadat, in terms of our dini symbols, the Qur'an Sharif, the masjid, respecting the masjid, respecting the words of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is a taaleem taking place, now sometimes we are disturbing it by 
we are talking outside the masjid, whatever. We're disturbing something that's taking place that is encouraging people towards deen. Oh, some deeny program is taking place. Now we are causing a disturbance. That's also not in line with keeping the respect of that, of that gathering. Oh, person now is sitting in the deeny gathering and he is doing his own thing. He's on his phone, whatever else. Sometimes Allah forbid the day of Jummah comes. While the khutbah is on, somebody is doing something. This is totally, besides other issues, also totally against every dictate of respect. So this adab has to be brought alive. And to the extent that we will bring adab alive, we will open the doorways for other good. That the person who has adab, ba adab, ba nasir. Be adab, be nasir. The one with adab, he will gain a lot. His good fortune will open out. And the person without adab, he will get deprived tremendously, greatly. So it is for our good in dunya also, and our good for akhirat as well, obviously, that this adab has to be brought alive. Adab for the seniors of deen, the adab for that ustad of our child. He's teaching our child something. Nowadays, the slightest reprimand from that ustad, and the child also thinks it's within his, within his authority, or within his choice to now just react how he wants, then instead of cautioning the child and teaching the child what is the adab, then the parents also take it one step further and in the presence of the child will humiliate the ustad, that whether the child is in a maktab or wherever he is, or whether he might be in school for that matter. But somebody is teaching the child something, so that person deserves the respect. And if there is a mistake the person has made, it has to be dealt with in an appropriate manner. But when this respect drops, now the way the father conducted himself with that teacher, with that ustad, he's already chalked out the line of how that child must live later in life. And he will go ten steps beyond that in how he will someday disrespect someone. How he will go about disrespecting the ustad of his child. So we need to bring this adab alive. We will become the first beneficiaries of this adab if we teach it to our children. They'll learn how to respect their parents. They'll treat them correctly. Otherwise, the time will come when the parents will become the first victims of the disrespect of that child. Adab, ba adab, ba nasib. Be adab, ba nasib. We have to bring this adab alive in our own lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our children, and spread this message of adab to one and all. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.